Hi, I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And I'm Angelica Yard. And we're the heart behind the Heart and Hustle podcast. Every Wednesday, we share a new episode with our listeners on topics that range from business and creativity to leadership and innovation. We also interview some of the best and brightest in the industry and spread our love of entrepreneurship all over the internet with our hashtag, BossSoHard. We're on a mission to help you find balance in your life, creativity in your career, and dollars in your bank account. So sit back, relax, and take Hello, hello. Happy Halloween. It is the 31st of October. That sounds... It's spoopy time. <laughs> I'm not, like, I can't, I'm, my brain's not there. <laughs> I, like, I get there, like, August. Yeah, I was say, I yeah, right you're already, you've been here. Yeah, you've you gotta a... be, like, you gotta be just, like, ready for it and be in it, and it's spooky, and it's wonderful, and I'm not going to Halloween Horror Nights this year because it's scary, but besides that, all Halloween I've never things. been, and I told my friend Erica that, and she, like, lost oh her mind. You have to mind. go at least one time. She like, lost her mind. And I'm like, that was my gym. Like, in high school, that was my, like, life. Is that I wanted to go to Halloween Horror Nights, but obviously why, I didn't live here. Why um, haven't you gone? David, I want to go. Oh, my gosh. Forget him. We're going next year. <laughs> like, like I haven't been, like, in the last, like, two years, but we used to go, like, every single year. But my thing is that I need to go with a group of people. Right. It has to be six or more <laughs> because it's scary, and I need to be in the middle of this oh group word. so that no one can attack me. So You'll I have, like, fine. a lot of, like... You're, you have a lot of stipulations <laughs> yes. to going, And I'm like, I would just go by myself and just, like, drink I think the reason Starbucks that I have so many stipulations, though, is because when I was 16, I went with my boyfriend at the time, and he was, like, very tall, like like six five or something and I'm like five four ish and so I like would kind of like hide my face like in his chest and not see things and he was like tall and obviously saw everything so I looked up at one point and I noticed that he had his like hand and he was like pointing at me to try to tell the people like yeah get her scare her and I was like <laughs> like I cannot believe this so I got so mad in the middle of the haunted house and I was scared but I left him in the middle of the haunted house and I was like bye and I like, ran out <laughs> acting like I was like brave but I was actually like, terrified I ran through by myself but I was like Hot I'm mess. done and then after that I was like take me home and he's like he's like I spent like $70 each for us I know I was gonna I was say like, he's like not wrong I was like he's not I wrong. don't care <laughs> I was like I'm ready to go home because I like I was going through and I was like wondering like Man, this is like worse than last year. Like, why am I getting scared so bad? And it's like because the person who's pretending to protect me is really trying to he get me more scared. his life from that. Yeah, and like God that was him. at a time when I couldn't watch like scary movies and stuff because my dreams would be so vivid afterwards right. that it was just like not worth it to watch it. And so probably after that particular time at Halloween Horror Nights, the next like because my mom had like a spiral like kind of staircase right. in her house um, when I was in high school. So like every time I would go around the stairs, I would just be like bracing myself. And be, like, oh my god, okay, it's no one, it's fine. Oh but now I'm like less afraid of things and like for whatever reason, I've like I can never watch met those type stuff, of people like, until I moved to Florida. Like I think everybody really? I knew in Atlanta like never had any problems with horror movies. And then I came here and I don't know any people. I know one person. Like Melissa is one really person she, she specifically. Can't even deal with, like, who watches um, horror movies? But I don't know anybody. Like, it's yeah. like I can no, watch all of it my now, friends. All of my friends really? won't watch the commercials. Like, I get messages all the time. They're like, "Oh, I saw this it commercial. It freaks me out." Or I had to explain to Melissa what it was because she obviously she's never she seen like, it. I'm not gonna... And she was like, "I don't understand why they keep going to the sewer if the clown's in the sewer." And I was like, "Oh, Melissa, sit down. Yeah, let me tell weird. you stories." So, the way that I think that like once okay, so like probably once I was probably about twelve, like twelve to like eighteen is when I was like could not handle it for whatever reason. I watched. Thinner when I was like five years but old. Yeah, I did too. So I I don't, but I, I don't think it like I really got it. 
But then once like John was like, okay, like you need to like start like chill out again. So we started watching old ones, right? Like, all the classics, yeah. and those are like hilarious, cute. right? Because it's just like, right? It's just such. It's so like I don't want to say bad, but it's just like you know. It doesn't look real anymore. Right. So it's just like anything that's like the 80s or before, like you're not at all afraid because no. you're just like, this is clearly fake. And so being able to watch those, it's like you kind of get into the story and everything. And most horror movies now are built on, you know, yeah, because they know they've already done studies to know what psychologically makes yeah, people so like it's crazy. Like, I think because I've seen them in those sort of circumstances, I can now watch like the new ones. And so yeah. like paranormal activity and things like that, you know. It's like I horror can movies are my jam. I don't. I, it's not until I moved here. Honestly, I like when I go home. My sister's always like, "Well, you haven't seen this and this is." I'm like, I don't have anybody to go because everyone well, I, I know is terrified of everything. And I, I made my friends. <laughs> I made them watch The Conjuring because they made me watch the stupid. What is the host? That Stephanie Meyer movie oh. or whatever, which is terrible. And they know I hate Twilight. Okay, I've never seen like a Twilight movie. Really bad. So I I don't like any of her stuff. So they made me go and watch the host. And I was like, while the host was Didn't playing. Didn't have something to do with like somebody's Space eye or, or something. Yeah, and it was like a glowing eye. I don't know. Some stupid nonsense. Yeah. And so since we were we were in the theater watching that. And so the trailer for The Conjuring played. And I was like, you made me watch You're this. Like, yeah, we're going to go see The Conjuring. And every year a new Conjuring movie comes out or Annabelle or anything. I get texts like, you've scarred me for life. I still imagine. <laughs> that girl in the wardrobe and blah 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 and I'm like you guys are such chickens like I don't I can't Halloween is about scary things I think things. my favorite one of my favorites though is Paranormal Activity just because like nothing happens nothing so literally long. nothing happens and I love that anticipation feeling when you're just like when is it gonna it's happen it's like that it one my favorite it, part is when this when you're when they're in the kitchen just, like, yeah everything opens and you're just like ah! and it's, then it's one like, big uh, jump scare from yeah, like MySpace like that you little maze it, thing like, in the dark at night like yeah i mean that's the only way to do it yeah yeah you guys i have so many uh you know so many good great horror movies i also love though like really like corny halloween movies like, oh yeah I'm obviously those are fun. a fan of hocus pocus yeah halloween town double like, double boil in trouble yes. with the olsen twins it's like all of those make this whole time so much more magical as well oh my goodness and good weather and like awesome costumes hopefully nobody has costumes that piss me off this year but i'm sure they will um, I've been, like, warning people. I'm, like, a terrible human, but I've been, like, if you guys don't retire these Hugh Hefner costumes oh, this year, then you are, like, dead to me. Yeah. I'm, like, please retire. I'm, like, I told, like I told my white friends, I'm, like, hey, white friends, tell your other white friends, because I know you guys get it, but tell your other white friends, like, why all of these costumes are Thanks. racist and insensitive. Please and thank you. Just, like. Appreciate it. Yeah. They need to spread the word. Spread the good word. Ooh, I'm very excited, because I have costume ideas for my best friend, and I'm, like, like super excited about it. Yay. Super excited. Well, I hope that y'all are having a happy Halloween, and we're going to get into some listener questions today. Um, So the first one is, what are some business trends that are helpful to execute on right now? I think we talk about a lot of the time that that most trends are kind of dumb. And I say that all the time because most of the time they are. Um, there are definitely things that come up and people all do. And they like, like webinars. You got to do a webinar to, oh, to build your yeah. list. And da, 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 da. Um, Is that still like the big thing? It's I don't I don't know. I have We had somebody um, come up to us uh, at an event and talked about how she um, bought social media followers from Bangladesh and India and how it's growing her social media presence and we were just like oh girl um let's not let's don't let's okay sure Interesting. <laughs> she's like this is really cool and talk to you guys about it and we're like yeah totally um no uh so some things that I think um are kind of depending on and it also depends on kind of business you are right it depends on um but there's been some really good uh articles that I've seen come out about um 
one thing, uh, you know, because people always talk about cold emails and cold calling and how it doesn't work, but um, mm-hmm. actual relationship building to get to that point yes. where it's still kind of like a cold email. So it's not like you know someone super personal and it's like a one-on-one, but you kind of go through a, and have these conversations with people so you understand they're a good fit and doing more vetting yeah. in the beginning before imploring um, customers or clients. And that's something that we've started to do because we've really realized in some of the reflection every quarter we do reflections we just ended on some of the projects that weren't the greatest is that we didn't do as much vetting for this person and really just like oh you sound like a nice human or somebody else may have referred them and they're like oh yeah this person's all right blah 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 um so we're definitely more so doing more of that um imploring kind of some of that kind of, it's not a cold it's, there's a and i'll put some links to it it's kind of like a cold emailing approach but it's in relationship building with some people that we may have already known um just being smart about the way you do things and not just emailing people being like hey i saw your website was break to low on google there's some things you can do um in terms of retarget marketing and social media and some ad stuff that um you through through facebook so one thing that we um i think david ran a campaign on something and um so it shows us back the leads of where the people work who are coming to our site. So we um, got some stuff from a ad campaign or something that we ran. So we know that people in these businesses were looking at our site and they're interested. So now we need to connect back to those people who work in that business. How do we do that? How do we make that smart, efficient strategy? That type of thing. So it's very, um, really cool strategies that people have been imploring. It's really uh, kind of hot right now. I've seen it posted it quite a few times. There have been a couple of social media, um, Facebook kind of uh, webinar things that have happened for the past couple weeks that we've kind of sat in and listened to a little bit. So I am, that's kind of the trend that I'm on. Not being being strategic in the way yeah. that you build relationships, but not just emailing people, throwing a rock anywhere. You gather the information, your analytics look at it, and then strategically build relationships, but not in a way that's creepy. Like, I saw you visited my website and you work at Clorox. Do you like, you know what I mean? Like, do yeah. just be smart about it. So that's my suggestion. Um, I definitely agree that normally trends kind of like come and go and that right. sort of thing. Um, I would say as far as just social presence and any online businesses, especially like video right, is kind of a trend that I don't think is just a trend. Like right. It's, it's definitely right. Exactly. Um, so I think that's like, that's what you want to look for is like, what is a trend and what is like a trend for the moment, mm-hmm. but really it's transitioned to something else. And so in the same way we went from being, you know, mailers and then word of mouth right. and then, you know, you know, so on and so forth. It's like, I think right now we're really going from, like just words to like image and now video video so is definitely that, you know, hot yeah i just did um with one of my clients uh only one mark um we did like a video for her site uh well i didn't do the video but there was a video done and i put it onto her site <laughs> um and so you know we decided to do that because we just thought that it would just be a really great way for her to like connect with clients right. and be able to like share about her experience and that sort of thing um, so I, I don't know that I would say that it's like a trend per se, but yeah, it seems um, trendy because people are using its buzzword exactly. and they, they are yeah. kind of catching on it. And but I definitely agree. I saw people do it like a few years ago. Right. But it really wasn't a lot, and now no. it's like I doubt. I think people are people yeah. are ready for it. And social media um, apps and, and platforms are seeing that more attention because the videos are longer versus yes. the image you scroll really quickly. So yeah. they're you know favoring people who are using videos versus just images and text. Yeah, links. and I think that like big businesses, especially and small businesses. Um, catering to millennials more because it's right. like we are now like millennials are if you're if you're counting millennials as people that are like I, what do they say like 1980 yeah like it's half to gen like, x to yeah it's like most so of gen y i think are like in their 30s and like 
I don't want to say have money because of the economy, but you know what I mean? It's like they're in the position where they're buying things. And so it's like, they have, we have the buying power. Exactly. Right now. So it's like, you know, paying attention, like lots of moms are millennials and things like that. So, you know, focusing on millennials, I think as a business is really smart right now. Right. Um, and then I think that um, having an expertise, if you are like a brick and mortar mm-hmm. shop, like, I don't think that like, if you are online, I think you can kind of get away with, doing a little bit more and I think that it works sometimes you do a little bit more because people like to like have that package but when people are going in person people really like something that's like specialized like I know if I'm going to like a shop like I really love like when I go to like Winter Park or downtown or like Ivanhoe Village and I go to these little shops and they like specialize in this one particular thing right. and you go in and the that's person why you who go. works there right. yeah, can like talk to you about like like there's like this one gentleman shop that John and I go into and it's like these people know so much about right. dude socks that right. I would have never known. And it's like, if you're going to pay a little bit more for like these nicer things, you kind of want someone that you don't, it's, you go there because you're not looking for like a big box sort of situation, right. you know? So I think kind of, you know, specializing, especially if you are like an in-person experience um, can be really beneficial. So those are what I would say for trends at the moment. Definitely. So you uh, just do the, did these things and we do these things often, but what are some things to keep in mind while hiring contractors? Um, so I just recently hired a contractor to start working with um, often. And uh, for me, going into that process, that hiring process, it was a lot of getting to know the person first, knowing that person's work, knowing their style, knowing what they're capable of and what they're not capable of, um, knowing what they like to do and what they don't like to do, knowing, um, especially like when you are, when everybody in this situation doesn't really have like a set schedule, knowing what their preferred schedule is. Do they work at night? Do they work at morning? This particular person loves to work like throughout the night. Like they will literally work till like 4 Mm a.m. and then sleep until noon. And so that's an important thing to know because it's like, if I'm trying to contact them at certain times, you know, but it's weird because for us it works out great because it's like I'm dealing with clients all day and then I can send them something over and then they'll do it overnight. So it's almost right. kind of like we work opposite schedules in that sense. It's like your overnight delivery works. though. You yeah, wake up and you're it's like, like it's and done. I wake up and it's like it's you know what yeah. I needed was in my inbox and that's fantastic. So you know, in that sense, it actually really works. But you know, you have to kind of take all those because I don't think people take into consideration like. What, what kind of hours does this person keep? Right. Like, how, how quick are they with email? How quick are they with text if you, you know, do plan to text them? Um, so taking in all those things into an account. And also, like, I like to know where they want to be with their own career in a few years. Because if they're your contractor, like, you're not, they're not going to be, like, they're not your full-time employee. So you're not going to be the only person that they're possibly working with. You're definitely not going to be, like, the only, like, job that they have. So you kind of want to know, like, what else do they have for the future? Are they planning to, like, be a contractor with you for the long haul? Are they just trying to, like, make extra money at the moment and just, like, scrambling and, like, hey, like, like, I'll just work with you for a few months and then I'm going to go do something else? Because if so, not to say that sometimes it might be beneficial, like, to hire people like that because maybe you need just extra extra help at the moment. during a project or something. But, yeah, it's just, like, you kind of want to let someone know, like, okay, I'm hiring you just for this like project and it's going to be about three months and they're like great or it's like I'm looking for somebody that I can work with for like three plus years right um so I think taking all those things into account and then just also somebody that you enjoy working with and gets excited about the same sort of projects as you that can be honest with you um who you like to celebrate and who celebrates you because you know you're working with these people so it's like it should be someone who you're going to enjoy spending time with yep definitely agree um some other things to think about is understanding um what the financial needs and where they are located and how taxes work where they're located and how the IRS collects money from them. 
uh, that type of thing. So make sure you're, you know, making sure they track their hours using, you know, a type of software. We use Toggle again. We implore that the people who work with us use Toggle um, just because that's what we use. We already have it set up for our business and that way we know how much we're paying them specifically. Even if it's a flat rate, we still need to know what the hours mm-hmm. were on a project because we track our hours for literally everything we do. I like to know how long it takes them to do something. And if yeah, an efficient contractor, it should take them a little bit less time than it does take you. That's why you're hiring. If it takes someone longer than you, that's probably not a good uh, fit. So that's something that I always try to do is make sure you're getting someone that's better than you (laughs) at what you're doing. There's no reason to hire. Yeah, whatever part you're outsourcing, you want someone who's more like more of an expert in that. Yeah, exactly. You definitely don't want someone who's the same um, as you or or doesn't know as much as you do because then it's just not making it. Unless you're not the right right thing for you to outsource. And then it's an intern, not an actual contractor. You know what I mean? Um, Be sure that you guys have like you said good communication um make sure that you're checking in daily if you're working on a long-term project you have a short-term project but you still should be checking in and just make sure you know where they are so that when you're communicating with your client that especially if it depending on what it is and what you're outsourcing sometimes it is imperative that your client knows that because you may have some proprietary information or something that is being sent to a different person so that way they know where it is and if you're the the vice of communication then you're just going back and forth and making sure you do that well um and um, just make sure the, the money makes sense. If you um, hire someone, make sure you still come out with a profit. I think a lot of times, or then you're, or you're paying people. I've seen a lot of um, backlash because in a lot of the groups that I'm in, people have been asking for VAs specifically first. Mm-hmm. And then the VAs obviously are like graphic designers and web developers and all those other things and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, it's a virtual assistant who can also make social media graphics and also code my website, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's not what a... A VA is, but sure, sure. Title that under a VA, and they pay them like you know seven, eight dollars an hour, and then they end up stop paying. Like they say, oh, I'm going to hire you for eight dollars an hour, and this person accepts because money is money, right? Some people don't aren't in a situation where they can you know fight against that or combat that, and then they don't get paid at all, and they've done all this work. So I'm just make sure the legal situation works out. We have contracts, so make sure your contracts are in order, so that Mm -hmm. way if if stuff hits the fan, also have backups. Yes. Have backups on your backups. You never know. Somebody may have a crazy life crisis, which happens all the time, or something may happen to someone. So just have someone else in place so that if one of your contractors goes out, then you can easily switch on and add someone else and tag someone in. So those are my uh, easy tips for hiring contractors. All right. And then our third listener question today is, how do I attract business in an oversaturated field? Um, And I think that this is something that a lot of people deal with uh, I know photographers locally in Orlando deal with this God bless them. God bless them. Um, but then also any of us who have online um, specific businesses, uh, you know, it's the it's like more of a global market now, right? So it's right. like anything can really be uh, oversaturated. So I think that honestly what I could say is being yourself and being just like unapologetically clear on yeah. who, who you, you are, are, what your brand is, what you're after, what sort of people that you want to work with, what makes you passionate, what makes you wake up in the morning, what makes you smile, what makes you excited, what brings you joy. Um, I think that really nailing down these things and sharing them and not being afraid to like scream them from the rooftops is going to help you to attract the right sort of customer um, who is going to, you know, be a really good fit for you. And obviously, you know, some of us who have established businesses can also do that whole like word of mouth and like work with the same person and not really have a huge like web and social presence and maybe that works for you and that's great i think that at a certain point you're going to plateau with what you can make 
um, and how many clients you're going to get, you know, to an extent. But I think that if you have built this brand that people are seeing and like you're, you know, having these real relationships with people and like continually meeting new people, because it's not just about yeah. like your Instagram post. Right. You know it's I mean? about it's like, being. It's actually like who you're actually exactly. talking to. So it's like if you're going to like. You know, it can be about your Instagram post, but it also can be about going to conferences or just having one-on-ones with people. You have to be present people. Exactly. To get being new present work. in your field and being present, you know, around a creative field is going to be a great way to uh, get new work. Um, and then if you are in a position where, like, let's say, because, you know, for me, obviously, like, my clients tend to be other people that are creatives. But, like, let's say that yours aren't. Like, so if you're in the wedding industry or you own a shop or something like that, then still just, like, being a part of that community. So it's, like, if you own a shop, like, inviting people to come out for, like, host, like, a special, like, brunch thing at your shop or something like that. Just, like, inviting people out into the community to actually, like, step into your space. Uh, or, you know, if you're in the wedding industry, like, being at wedding shows, um, sharing images um, of certain weddings that you have participated of and are at, at certain places, things like that. So just continually being active in your field and in your community and in your target market and just being very clear about who you are and what gets you excited in life. And because and, honestly, like who you are is what makes you different because no two people on earth are the same. Right. So really just by being who you are and really leaning into that is going to bring you the type of client that you want. Yeah, and if you're in a field that a lot of people are in, do something different that everybody else isn't mm -hmm. doing. So in designers, you see everyone's trending towards, you know, gold foil or trending towards certain things. And don't do that thing. Do something different so that you can attract people who are in a different industry. Don't go into something just because you want to be like everyone gold else. Gold foil has lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. Oh, man. It's it been really like has. three years now. Oh, man. It's Because it's strong. expensive to, like, I have so many people you know that were like, now. is it cheap now? Who does oh, it wow. now? That's how, like, uh, that's how I know. That's like, why yeah. it's felt this, okay, right, that yeah. makes so much sense. Because I know a lot of people that I knew were like, I like it, but it's trendy and I'm not going to do it because, like, right. it's going to be so expensive. But now that's why it's, like, exploded yeah. again. Okay. Totally, totally. I, I mean, and it's okay to jump on trends sometimes because they're fun. And it's, I'm not saying don't do gold for it. Like, if, you, if it fits and it's what you need to do, do it. Um, But if you don't need to do it, then don't do it. Like, just don't do things because they're popular. Um, like, don't build your entire business around just offering yeah, something that's um, And something that's also, that I we listened to the edible arrangement episode of how I built this in which he was talking about the owner um I don't want to say his name wrong because I keep thinking Rajiv but Rajiv is a person that we know um and that may not be right uh he owned a flower shop really young in high school he worked at a flower shop and then he um him and his dad went into business with grand that they borrowed from his dad's employer and opened their own flower shop and the one thing he did, did differently was just stay open later and that's how they made their money because yeah. they were open from, you know, most flower shops were closing at five at that time. And they were like, they stayed open at 738. Yep. And so people who were getting off work could easily go by and they went to this flower shop because you were offering something of value that yeah. your competition wasn't offering. So just offer something of value that your competition isn't offering. And you could, you'd be surprised at what you can do. Like if you are a designer and you don't, you know, you don't work in a certain field. Like, I think a lot of people now are trending towards more boutique, smaller, like, oh, I want to do work with creatives and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, the work we get isn't with creatives. We don't work with a lot of creatives. We don't. And I, that's so I'm okay with that because the work we do is a lot of times with larger corporations and uh, small businesses that seem kind of boring to the, the person who wants to be on Instagram. And like, look at my cute Sarah fonts or my, you know, script fonts. And it's like, I don't work with people who want script fonts nine times out of 10. Most people I know, you know, need, you know, UX and they need heavy dashboards and it's a lot of buttons and stuff like that. So uh, just do things that work for you, that make you happy. And again, just offer something of value that maybe not everyone else in your field is offering. So those yep. are my tips. 
All right. Well, um, we are going to get into this interview, and we hope that y'all have a spooky day. And November's coming. November's coming. Yay. Turkey. Yes. Or tofurkey or whatever. Tofurkey. All right. Any of Okay. <laughs> so two things before we get, like, fully into this interview. Uh, first thing is that I lost my voice for two days. So uh, we recorded the intro, you know, a little bit earlier. And so today we're just recording the interview. So if I sound weird, that is why. And the second thing is when I laugh, which I'm sure I will at some point, that's when my voice sounds extra ridiculous. So I'm going on like two days of no talking. This is like the first time that I've talked. Everyone who listens to this show is so so tired of us not having voices. I know. I know. We live in the the southeast. This is the worst I've ever, I think, experienced. So, you know, but I'm like, I really wanted to do this interview today. I thought about like, just having you do it yourself but I was like I really I'm just so excited about our guests and that's why I'm here today so today we have Tamara here from Natural Hair Rules so hi Tamara thank you so much for being with here with us today um, and so for those of our listeners who like aren't already familiar with your blog which they should be because it's like has a massive massive following why don't you tell us a little bit about your blog and your role there yeah I want to also say thank you so much for having me um I think I've been listening to the show for about um, a year now. That's so, awesome. Um, I definitely love what you girls are doing, all this black girl magic. Yay, and that makes me happy. And, you know, I don't know if I can cuss, so I'm not going to say, but... I do. You can. And, it's yeah, fine. I, Apple Podcasts <laughs> hasn't taken us out yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, there's the laugh. It sounds weird. I kind of sound like Jadakiss now when I laugh. Oh, my... <laughs> bye. <laughs> It was nice having you on camera. You guys come back next week. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, you have to know exactly what he sounds like. Exactly. Oh my word. <laughs> A mess. <laughs> so about me, so it's funny that my official but unofficial title, um award winning six figure natural hair blogger. I am a solopreneur um i consider myself just kind of like a jackie of all trades (laughs) i am the queen of working smarter and not harder and we'll talk more about that um but yeah that's me in a nutshell i was that person that kind of just decided to go natural on a whim it just felt like that that you know no pun intended but natural next step (laughs) (laughs) so I did it in 2006, and then uh, I had a friend, this was like, this was like, like, social media was kind of popping, but not really, really, like, people were, like, on MySpace, Mm -hmm. Um, but I, you know, you still had those friends that were like, oh, no, I'm not doing social media, Yep. and um, she was like, you know what, I'm gonna start a blog, though, so you guys can keep up with me while I'm traveling abroad, and I was like, a blog? (laughs) That's super awesome. Yeah, I know Tamara, well, like, more recently now, we've been connecting via social media, via Facebook more personally, but I've seen you, obviously, around, like, all the, I feel like all of the uh, lady bloggers, for so, especially when you've been around since 2008, I definitely remember yeah. going to your blog forever ago back then, and, and I had considered 
being natural at the time. And I remember going to the, I think it was, was it black hair, long hair form or whatever. You, I think you probably remember what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I remember going there and, and I tried it for like two months and I was like, I'm not transition. It's not going to happen. Um, but I was like in law in so much awe of these people who knew what they were doing in 2008. Cause I did not, I couldn't get, it. I got married in 2009. I was positive that I was going to be natural. And I was like, Nope, gonna reach over for this olive oil relaxer after two months of trying to <laughs> transition. So that's super awesome. Uh-huh. So because you've been blogging for so long, um, inconsistently and I think that's a big thing for people to to understand is that there's people who've been blogging for a long time like me who have but I'm not as consistent as Tamara B I'm not that dedicated I didn't have a niche and so for Tamara to have all this stuff it means that people are so interested and her content is great her quality is fantastic she's evolved over time bringing in social media and everything so you know people have really enjoyed seeing natural hair rules and now you have a readership of over a million people so what are some things that you've done over the past almost 10 years to kind of make that happen uh, <laughs> that's like such a loaded question what have you been doing the last 10 years of your career your right life? I know right <laughs> sleeping I don't know yeah right <laughs> And for me, um, because I started the blogs just really on a whim, I had no plan. Um, and, I, and a lot of times I'm trying to help people not to um, make the mistakes that I made. Like, mm-hmm. look, it doesn't, it doesn't have to take you five years to have a profitable blog. Right. Don't do what I did. <laughs> like, you know, um, just kind of have a plan to figure out um, what it is that you want to do and it's okay to it's okay to kind of like pivot and deviate and stuff like that but I, for me natural hair was just one of those things that I have always really been passionate about um, I have um, a long line of licensed cosmetologists beautician as well as kitchen beauticians in my family um, so I've always had healthy hair um, but when I went natural, I was one of those people that had a relaxer for almost 20 years before I actually went natural. So I was really learning from scratch and there was this community that was developing of people just like me that were kind of, um, guessing and testing as well. And, um, it, it's just interesting how it evolved where you could, at one point, you could only buy, like, your products online. Right. That was, whereas now, you can actually go to the store, Walmart, Target, CVS, Walgreens, whatever, and buy the products that will actually work for your hair. A lot of those brands have, um, their businesses have evolved as well from just the online space to these, um, these box, these box retailers Mm -hmm. or whatever, but... Um, it is about consistency. Um, and like I said, I really didn't have a plan. I didn't think that I would look up almost 10 years later and still be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy that I am. Um, I'm very thankful for the, the audience and I, I don't mean to seem like, you know, it was all unintentionally cause I definitely did put in the work to get to where I am. Um, and a lot of that just came from just 
and, and you know everything is mostly it's mostly I think someone said like the percentages is 80% like mindset mm-hmm. and actually like 20% work so I as life happened and I, I found myself in a position where I had to make this blog work for me versus vice versa um, and the, the the biggest part of that was deciding okay this can be a business okay you can monetize this you can make a living because I had for whatever reason made up my mind that no no um you're not like you're not going to be able to make money like this I guess I saw other people doing it but I always kind of made them extraordinary where I was like oh but they have a team behind them right oh, they have they're working with these brands so that's why they can make money and that's why I can't and when I started, I started looking at the glass half full versus half empty and taking a look at the things that I did have in place, I was able to be a little bit more intentional um, about uh, creating um, a plan, um, like content, like editorial calendar, as well as, you know, maybe um, hiring a few people to help develop the content as well so i think that i answered your question yeah definitely yeah you totally did yeah i was gonna say like i feel like i have a lot of friends who are bloggers but i have you know very few friends who are full-time bloggers um who are actually making like good money with it like most of my friends that do it are maybe getting like some free stuff here or there like i've gotten some you know free stuff to review and whatever but like most of us aren't making money with it so i'm really interested to know like what do your day-to-day operations look like when you're running a blog like this that you're actually is your full income and is actually paying you quite well yeah so and here's the funny thing about that so um so i'm a mother i have two children under the age of six currently (laughs) so um the days of just sitting at my computer for eight plus hours that just does not gone nope Mm -mm. (laughs) Um, and that's why i say that i've learned to work smarter and not harder one of the one of the first things that i started doing when i um started making some money with my blog was I started investing back into the blog where I was hiring um, a team of contributors to help me to keep up with the content Um, because one of the most important things especially like if you have a site that gets a lot of traffic and um, in most cases sites that get a lot of traffic they make money through ad revenue and that's really where a lot of my income comes from as well. So I had to have that consistent content. So um, before I started taking anything out of the, the business, I was investing it back into the business. So hiring a team to help with that. Um, because at, and at the time when I started making money with the blog, my oldest was two and toddlers. They are not set up where you can, like... Nope. They're just not set up at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. They're literally not. (laughs) So, and also just wanting to, wanting to be a mother as well. Like, I didn't want to spend all of my day at my computer. I wanted to be able to spend time with my son. Um, 
started building that team. And I also, around the time that I started um, bringing people on as contractors, um, we we had like the whole Huffington Post thing where, you know, Huffington Post is like this big media company, but they weren't paying their bloggers. Right. And I knew, like, I had worked so long for free that, you know, I didn't have a huge budget, but I wanted to make sure that I was investing into other people. So that was very important to me, um, having my time and also being able to invest into other people. I also um, went to Google University and learned everything I could about SEO. So uh, a lot of my traffic, I would say almost about um, one third of my traffic is just um, organic engine traffic. So, and um, being as niche as I am, this is a little bit easier for me um, to to be ranking like on the the front page for different topics and subtopics in regards to to natural hair. So that helped me to um, develop to develop a more passive um, income stream because I'm getting I'm getting that free traffic that translates into ad revenue or like affiliate ad clicks and stuff like that. Um, so I said all that to say I don't spend a lot of time working. <laughs> um, especially like my youngest is two, who he's going to be starting daycare. Um, the beginning of next year but right now he's he's at home with me and then i may drop him off at like a, a drop-in day here right uh, twice a week or so so i can really get some stuff done or i'm really really organized where i i can bang out whatever i need to bang out in two to three hours within the evening whether that's new content my email newsletter or um, I'm really big on repurposing a lot of content. So um, I have in the past just literally copied and pasted some of my um, like my top articles and turned those into paid products um, and just advertise those like to my email newsletter and stuff like that and, and make money that way as well. Yeah, so I'm going to pivot a little bit on that while we're talking about making products. So I think a lot of people don't understand how incredibly easy it is, especially if you have a ton of content, to monetize on that content. Um, so could you talk to us about what that process is like of monetizing your blog, especially with the products, and um, any advice you have for people who are looking to do that? Yeah, I. so what where I find that people really get stuck it, when it comes to products is they feel like they need to make something completely new and in that process they get stuck because they're like oh my god what do I make right <laughs> you know um, and the thing the thing about the internet is most of the time especially if you if you have like what I call like this this treasure chest of content that I have that spans like almost over a decade, people aren't necessarily looking at the stuff that I posted two, even three years ago. Right. So I can easily um, reshare that content whether I'm um, just kind of sprucing it up and sharing it as a new blog post on 
right or either kind of copying and pasting and maybe adding some stuff to it um, to make it like a, a actual paid ebook or um, changing up the format um, a big thing oh, excuse me Whew, my throat's getting dry sorry you're fine. <laughs> I'm like loading up cough drops and stuff, so you're okay. <laughs> so, oh, one thing that you can do is definitely the changing the format of the, the media. So, if it's a blog post, instead of doing like an ebook, maybe doing like um, an actual presentation slash webinar or live workshop using the exact same content and selling that and reselling that. Um, there's just all these different ways to take the things that you already have and to represent them to your audience in a way that um, is easier or more convenient for them to digest. Because like I was saying, people aren't necessarily scrolling through. Most people aren't going beyond the first page of your blog, which works out. It really works in your favor because you can use that content and create something. Um, you can copy and paste and create the exact same things as you already have, or you can do it in a completely different format and sell it at a more um, premium price. And from that, since you already have this um, this content or this model, you you have actual data like numbers, like analytics of what people are looking for. So it really takes the guesswork out of um, anything that you do for your for your audience or your um, your future customers. I like that. Yeah, I think that repurposing old content, like people don't think about that, especially like like we talked about, if you've been on the internet, you know, blogging for 10 plus years, like people are not reading content that you posted six years ago. So why not go back, spruce it up, maybe change some things around and still have some valid content that you can share with people that they haven't seen before. Um, so I think that's a great idea. So this next question I really love to ask because I love to avoid making mistakes and I also like to see where people have learned from them. So what is the biggest mistake you've made so far in business and what did you learn from it? So I spoke about this recently, briefly already, but um, just making up my mind that I couldn't make money with my blog. Um, I, I don't know where that came from. I think we all have like our, our money blocks um, or just kind of like our relationship in regards to money for, I, I think for me, I thought, no, this is too easy. So this can't be <laughs> like, this can't be how I'm going to make my living. Like, um, I started off blogging. It was more of a creative outlet. And in my mind, it's like, nah, you, you can't, you don't just make money from something that you're just doing for, for fun. Right. So uh, that was that was really my first mistake, and like I said, it took me it took me a, um, a lot of life and about five years of blogging to get over that. Um, and even once I started making money, I again in my mind that mindset saying I put a cap on how much money I can make. So um, I I was in a position where my revenue had increased by like 60% in a year's time. And I said to myself, well, Tamara, I guess that's it. 
like <laughs> you made over six figures, um, that's probably going to be about all that you can make with this business. And um, thankfully, I have friends that have been blogging um, around just as long as I have that are making like seven figures, mm-hmm. making you know over a million dollars with their blog. And that they are so open to sharing how they do that and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, Tamara, if they're doing it, you know you can do it too. So I have to take that off the table and challenge myself a little bit. Like that mindset of who told you that there was a cap on how much you can make with this business. Right. And also um, just being a little bit more strategic in regards to that, you know, like in being real with myself like is that something that you actually want to do because not everybody not everybody's going to have a seven figure business and not because it's impossible but because maybe that that's just not what you want to do with your life and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that so figuring out specifically what my number was um getting real crystal clear about how much i want to make with my business as well as what I was actually capable of doing, um, time and time and um, work-wise to to make that happen. Um, so that and the mindset thing was one of my biggest mistakes. But also, I think um, being afraid to invest in myself and my business. Um, once I started investing in myself and my business, I definitely saw it grow. And um, it's just something about, I, I say it's very important to invest in your fears. Because a lot of times we we just don't try things because we're afraid. And usually it's that we're afraid of failure, like you were saying, Charisma, mm-hmm. or that um, we're afraid of making mistakes or that... We just feel like we don't have the know-how. So how how you overcome that obstacle is going and getting the research, the resources and the training so that you can feel more comfortable with whatever you're feeling challenged in and investing in that fear. I just have to say I really love and appreciate that you took the time to say that like not everybody needs to make like six, seven, eight figures. Because I feel like we have this, like, online society going on right now where everybody's like, you got to make a million dollars. And, like, if someone wants to make a million dollars, then great. But I think that it's so important to, like, realize and accept that, like, not everyone does. And I think if someone's, like, making a good living that they enjoy, like, I, I hate that, like, there's this always this push for, like, more and more and more money. Like, of course, like, you know, a certain amount of money is needed just to live life and you want to have good quality of life. But I think they said, like, in most states, like, the cap is, like, once you make $75,000, right. like, that's the amount, of, like, the most happy that you can be. You know what I mean? Like, right, you could right, technically right. be more comfortable, probably, but, like, you won't be any happier after making that much money. And I think that that's so great that you point that out. And like you said, like, you had to find the amount of money that you were, like, this is where I'm happy with my business. This is where I'm happy with the balance of my life. Because I feel like a lot of people... They don't have that balance because they're just kind of like, oh, well, you know, even though I'm making all this money and everything's great, I have to make more because that's what all the blogs are telling me to do. So I'm just going to keep striving and striving and striving. I think it's important, like, you know, I do want to say, like, I think it's important to 
trying to give give yourself raises. So think like, okay, where I'm at in my business when I'm 20 years old should be different than when I'm 30 and 40 and so on. Like you want to be able to scale your business over time and make more money in the same way. Whereas if you were working a regular job, you would get raises, but you don't uh-huh. have to make a million dollars to be a happy entrepreneur. And so I'm really, thank you just for pointing that out. Cause I feel like nobody ever says that. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you so much, Um, and I totally agree, and I will tell you just from, it's also from my experience, and one of the things that I do is, and probably because of the position that I'm in, and um, I am kind of like one of those top, you know, earners online, so looking, looking at other people who are, it would be in the same boat as me, and kind of paying attention to the fact that um, there, there have been quite a few people within the last few years who have been able to make these great numbers, but at the expense of their health. Right. Um, yeah. For example, and you know, like I said, I I got kids, so I can't be walking around here crazy. <laughs> 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 like, so Actual life facts. To me, if not the rest of my family, and so I've I've really been clear on what I want my life to design to be um, like with my business, um, and thankfully, thankfully I I learned that early on in in this journey about um, how much time I actually want to spend working, and also making sure that. I'm not compensating for whatever reason. You know, there are a lot of people who have these great these great following and they have this great income, um, but it's like you can tell that that's all they have. Right. <laughs> and um, my life, my life definitely isn't set up like that. And also being really clear because you can make you can make you can make all this money. Like you can make a million dollars, but if you're only your profit is only like ten percent of that. You ain't made no money, right? So you know what is your what is your what are your numbers? Right. What's your your profit clarity in regards to that, and it really um, it it you learn these things from experience. I'm very big on um, being reflective of what everything that I'm doing, so that I can continue to grow and enhance. Not just my business, but my life, my life in general. Yeah, definitely agree 100%. And just people, um, numbers mean things. <laughs> like when you, <laughs> when you were talking about, um, just people make a million dollars and then they're, they're like, oh, I made a million dollars, but then, you know, it's yeah, just that's, numbers yeah, that's the only mean thing. Is like, so I would take at face value of someone saying, I'm, uh, this, this amount, or I make um, this amount. Like, honestly, a, a true to life, like, example of that is that the other day I landed, like, one of the largest clients that I've ever landed, and I got, like, the deposit check for it. And so I'm at the bank with my mom, and I put the check in, and this lady looks over my shoulder and goes, oh my. And I was like, mom, first of all, it's really rude for you to be looking at what I'm putting in here. Like, that's hella rude. I'm like, second of all, and she's like, well, it's me. I thought you would tell me. And I'm like, the reason I don't tell you is because you think that I'm taking all this home, but I'm not. I have four other people that I have to pay on this project that are doing this project with me. This isn't all going home. Not to mention business taxes, which yeah. is going to take about a third of it. Well, so, like 33 to yeah. 45 
5% of your yeah. money goes to <laughs> Uncle Sam. So if some money, yeah, it's just money, words, words and, and, and numbers mean numbers things. Amazing. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. It drives me bananas. That drive, like, that's what, like, income reports and things like that. Like, I get it. People try to be as detailed as possible, but yeah. you still can't be as detailed as possible. So people are looking at these giant numbers that you're posting yeah. and you're thinking, I can do that. I can do that with my time. And it's not for you. And everyone's life is their own life. So I really, um, agree 100 percent everything you said about figuring out what your number is and just sticking to what your lifestyle what you want your life to be you can't mimic your life exactly to someone else's lifestyle so just keep that in mind as you're making your business plans and since we're talking about business plans what are some things that you do to help you know run your business and not you know murder anyone (laughs) (laughs) um i i think and you know it's a it's an everyday struggle. Same girl. Um, but but <laughs> I I am very thankful that I am very um, self actualized and reflective on um, and mindful about um, just what I'm feeling in general and what I'm needing and what I'm wanting and also I I think one of the main things is. Sometimes I feel like people put me on a pedestal because I am like a work at home mom and I'm married and stuff like that. But like my husband helps me out so much in the house. Um, there's so many things that he does without me even asking that allows me to do everything that I need to do with within my business. Like there are legit days that I would not eat unless my husband put food in front of me. So like... Same. I'm very thankful. I am very thankful for that. So, just being in a position where I don't have to do everything, and that's within my my business. That's also within my home, and being able to um, to ask for the things that I I need, or um, being realistic and knowing that um, you know what this isn't for me mm-hmm. at this time. You know, like, um, even though I do aspire to make um, seven figures, Same. I know that in, in the way my <laughs> life is set up right now, that that's just not realistic. And, and same. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and giving myself some grace with that, because um, I could waddle in self-pity and be trying to kill myself to make those type of numbers with a two-year-old and tell in tow but that's just not realistic whatsoever because he definitely does dictate my life (laughs) (laughs) um that but um just in business aside from that um being very clear as to how my business works like what exactly is my business model so i have broken that down into three particular tiers then the first one being traffic, the second one being affiliates, and then the the third one being sales. So these are basically my um, just my revenue generating buckets. So a lot of my money comes from from traffic. So what do I need to have in place to make sure that I'm getting the traffic that I need to continue to make the numbers that I want to make. And um, for me, it's it's so specific that I know basically for um, for every one hundred thousand 
a page view, I make a thousand dollars just in ad revenue. So being clear on what it takes to make whatever the money that I want to make in regards to that, um, whether that's whether that's making sure that I have an advertising budget to boost posts and push traffic to the website, um, making sure that I'm sending out email newsletters to my audience, making sure that I'm growing my email list, um, and also uh, for the affiliate side, having uh, recommending the the products and making sure that in my blog post that I'm explicitly saying like, hey, if you want this product to click here so I can um, make that affiliate commission that way. And then with my with my products, um, selling physical and digital products, knowing like um, how much money that, how much I need to sell my products for to make the, the profit that I want to make and how many I need to sell per item um, to make the money as well and coming up with a plan to make all of that work cohesively um, and it just really takes being organized and communicating with my audience so that I know that I'm giving them what it is that they need and they want and having the systems in place so that everything is working even when I'm not working yeah I think that's super important I think that's something that the past guests that we had uh, last week also noted that you can't grow an empire solely relying on yourself. So I think it's Mm -hmm. important for people to know that it's time to delegate if you want to really build your business. So I want to switch gears a little bit because it's not every day that we have somebody on who is like a natural hair guru. So I definitely want to talk about natural hair while you're here. So in the past on our podcast, we've discussed some of the challenges that have come with having natural hair, just like judgment in the workplace, or even like if you have your own business, you might like meet with a meeting and be judged in that situation. So what are some of the challenges that you've experienced having natural hair? And do you think that society is like improving and finally embracing natural hair? Or do you think it's kind of more of the same? I definitely think it's, it's like, ugh. some days I'm like, oh, we're making so much progress. And then other days it's like, oh, are we still here? Like, right. like um, you know, because there was recently a law um, passed to ban um, locks. Yeah. Which, which I think is, it's which crazy. I think is outrageous. Yeah. Um, it's really crazy because I, at the end of the day, my hairstyle is really not going to affect my job performance. Um, uh, I really think it's it's sad that these things are still happening in 2017, like these microaggressions and the ignorance that we experience, but we're experiencing them in general just being women of color. So right. um, I can't be surprised there. I think well, it is becoming more accepting in our community because i know when i when i started out um people were telling me um aren't you afraid you're not going to be able to take to get a job and right. i thought i thought that was like the craziest thing like why wouldn't i be able to get a job <laughs> like i and at the time um i've never really just worn an afro because tangles and knots so i'm like i'm not like angela davis out here um like power fit so i don't think that should affect whether or not i can actually get a job um and that 
those comments were actually coming from other black women. Right. Whereas um, I know I was one of um, one of the first women to actually transition to natural, and a lot of the black women in my circle, whether I went to school with them, worked with them, or went to church with them, or they were in my family, or we were friends, they were telling me, oh, no, girl, I can't do that. And then eventually, years later, like, they're all, like, my mom, she she just did our big chop within the last year or two. Um, oh, my wow. sister's natural. Um, most of my friends are natural. Um, so we do see the, the evolution there, thankfully. And it's more of from a, I think, a, a healthy living perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, people are... It, it around the same time that people were going natural, they were also paying a lot of attention to a lot of the chemicals that were um, in our our products in general. So as we lean more towards healthy living, we're making these decisions to not put chemicals on our body in general. So I think there's been a lot of progress there, thankfully. But as far as the public perception, there's still a lot of excuse me ignorance unfortunately yeah i definitely agree i definitely um because i feel like after the 70s there was sort of this um rush to kind of forget the black panther movement because it was so seen as being aggressive and Mm -hmm. i still see people to this day especially people white people specifically are like oh it was a terrorist you know movement and and things like that and so our community was kind of forced to kind of get rid of that identity of having our natural hair. So it really was just culturally kind of pushed on us. If we want to succeed in corporate America, it was time to make a change. It was time to have hair that looked like white people and have straight hair and, and look a certain way so that way you don't seem aggressive or, you know, whatever yeah. the words they that people try to tie to natural hair. And so I definitely think there's been a bit of a, a and especially it depends on where you live as well. If you live in an area yeah. where there's not, a ton of brown people people will look at you like what are you doing or they'll they'll think that you know it's exotic or you're not you know american or something you know something like yeah, that something the dumb they want to tie it is what i get and i think that it's like also because i'm like i'm mixed so i'm kind of light and like i whenever i'm somewhere where there's like a large amount of white people like somebody does something inappropriate and i've definitely had like my hair touched like multiple times by people who just like walk up out of nowhere and touch your hair and you're just like what like why do you think you can touch me right now like this is so inappropriate like i i just could never imagine like walking up to a person and touching any part of them when it's your babies right oh Uh, man yeah the babies is what i get i'm so terrified like i can't and i i don't know if it happened like when i was younger um and like my mom being white probably wouldn't even have known like what the heck to do um so or like hadn't had not experienced that but like i know like you know every time that it's happened to me it's just been such like a out-of-body experience where i've just not known how to even like handle like i've heard of other yeah like i've heard of like you know people like taking control of the situation and going back and like touching the other person's hair and then it kind of teaches them like oh this is weird but i'm like in the moment i freeze up but i feel like if i had kids i'd probably go to jail (laughs) so i i worry about that I, I don't, yeah. Like, please don't pet my child. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. It's so, like, oh, man, look. <laughs> I and think it's people just always because... say the same damn thing. Oh, it's so soft. Right. What did you think it was going to have? It's hair. Is anybody's hair hard? Yeah. <laughs> really. 
every like, time. Like, what did you think was going to happen time. here? I don't understand. I'm 100% sure that it's based on accessibility to touch because nobody has ever tried to touch my hair. I am also almost six feet tall. So you're I don't think most people... You're a lot scarier than I am. Can, exactly. So you're very small. I honestly like, think it's okay, the shorter you are. The worst are, time that like, it happened to me, and I'm 5'4", and like the worst time it happened to me, I was actually at a show at Bob Carr when it still existed mm-hmm. in downtown Orlando. I mean, still there, just and sad looking. John, yeah, <laughs> John had went to go buy like some... Um, like something and I was in a different line because all the lines were crazy and I was facing away and somebody came up from behind me and put their hands kind of close to like the nape of my neck and it scared me because I was also like if someone's gonna like attack you which I mean there were people around but it's like it was so weird because like if someone's gonna attack you like that's probably where they'd grab to like gather all your hair and I know John wouldn't do that because he knows that I get afraid and don't play so like he can walk up in front of me and say boo and I'll be like you just scared the shit out of me Um, so it's like I turned around and I was like like I looked really scared and it was like this older white lady and then she looked really scared because she was afraid that I looked afraid and it was just like this weird like I was just like I literally like turned around and I was like you know freaking out because I didn't know like I thought somebody was because she was like behind me I couldn't see her at all so it's like even if I am not even like it's not even like somebody looks at me and like no they, yeah know. they can't pre- like yeah the, yeah and they also get your your um senile grandparents people of, of yeah. non-color because that happens a lot um but it is because older people you know they you know anyway i'm not gonna get into it <laughs> i'm just if you're in charge of a person who has needs and especially if they're an, an older person you gotta keep them reined in because they will wander and do weird stuff <laughs> like For go real. touch people's hair so you, uh, your blog literally is a encyclopedia of knowledge for natural hair. Um, if I was smarter and cared a little bit more about what hair should look like, I would probably read more often, but I'm a mess and I don't know what I'm doing all the time. So since for people like me who don't know what we're doing, what is one small tip about like going now, just the process of transitioning or, or big chopping or whatever the case may be from hair that was chemically processed or anything to just finding your natural hair? I would say, I feel like you're really, um, onto something because I think the most important thing when it comes to your hair is really understanding yourself and your limitations um there are people out there that are like they just don't mind spending hours doing their hair bless them um (laughs) and I'm like I was one of those people before children (laughs) and then kids happen so um just knowing knowing what your your limitations are what you can do and what you can't do in regards to how you want to wear your hair um everybody is not going to have waistless hair that's just the way that it is it's not impossible it's just you know it's genetics environment hair care practices and all those things so uh, taking all of those things into consideration and getting to know your hair for what it is um, versus what somebody told you it was or um, what you've seen on the internet um, I do feel like that your hair is as unique as a fingerprint um, because mm-hmm. you can have people in the exact same um, household gene pool with completely different types, textures, densities, coarseness, all of those things um, and their hair responds completely different to 
um, different products and stuff like that. And that's just the fact, the facts of hair. And also that even within one head of hair, you can have two to three completely different textures. Mm, that's what I and have, yeah. and it's a that's lot to handle. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just like, uh, it's yeah. true. <laughs> it's rough. Like, when I was little, like, I used to pray, like, literally all the time that I would wake up with white girl hair. And it wasn't because I thought white girls had better hair or prettier hair, anything like that. It was honestly just because I'm lazy. And I would be like, God, I'm lazy. And I didn't, like, at the time, it took me so long to do my hair because I didn't really have anyone to, like, teach me. And so my process was, like, a very long process. Now I found, like, a routine that's really short and easy, which is, like, what I like. And, I mean, I am also, like, right now my hair is, like, super frizzy. That's fine. Like, I'll survive. So it's, like, I'm not someone that cares, like that much but for me it's like it's more about having a quick routine and I think it's so important for people to know like you can be natural and still have a quick routine um, that's not going to take hours yeah and like I'm so glad that like it took you know a long time to like finally be comfortable with it but I'm so glad that I've embraced it because like I definitely don't like I literally it was not about like you know feeling not like it wasn't about feeling like not as like I didn't have pretty hair it was just literally like I'm just lazy like, I'm just yeah. a lazy person. <laughs> like it can, and it can, you definitely have a lot of hair, so I can understand how that can be overwhelming as well. And then to add texture to that, too, is just a lot to deal with growing up. Yeah. So I totally understand. And I've, I've been that, um, that uh, type of person as well, where I've always had a lot of hair, just mm-hmm. long, thick. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom, like, she didn't want to put a relaxer, but... Because there wasn't a lot of uh, resources and stuff. She's like, I just didn't know what to do with it. So um, I did the relaxer. So I definitely understand that. Yeah, and my mom, like, she did, like, she would do texturizers instead of relaxers. And it was basically just because she was told by someone, like, to do it. And she was like, well, I'm white, so I'm just going to do whatever someone else tells me to do. Yeah. And so she did that for a while when I was little. And then I would do them, like, occasionally, like, you know, through middle and high school. But one day, basically, um, a Caribbean woman came up to her and said, don't do that to her hair. Like, her hair is supposed to be, like, her. this is the way her hair is supposed to be. Like, just let her hair be the way it's supposed to be. Like, there's nothing wrong with it it's not like hard to manage like just let it be the way it is stop trying to relax the curl because yeah, that's mine mine was truly like it's interesting because relaxers just really take everything out but i felt like a texturizer should be called a relaxer because it relaxes it instead of just making it bone straight but that's a whole nother thing <laughs> i just don't know why they're named the way they're named Man, names saying. don't mean anything when it comes to hair stuff i don't <laughs> hair is just i don't even because I had a relaxer from when I was seven. My options were I could either get a Discman or a relaxer. And because I went to private school with <laughs> other white kids, I was like, I'm getting this relaxer. Homie, my, did you see my school photos? It's weird. This is not working. I need ponytails. What are you doing? Um, yeah. So definitely that's where, I, and up until I was, uh, whenever I had my daughter, I decided to not do it anymore. And obviously it's just all because, A, I'm lazy. I've always been very athletic and had a lot of sports. And so I needed something that worked where I wouldn't ruin it. And also my hair tangles very easily. It always Same. did. And so I, I always 
like for people to be like, oh, going natural, you're just gonna have to detangle so much. I'm like, I detangle all the time anywhere. My hair is straight. It is yeah. bone straight and it still gets tangled just if the wind blows the wrong direction. So Which it does here in Florida. All the- I was like, um, I was like a blow dry and flat iron. Yeah, so same. People were like, hey, it's gonna yeah, I'm like, it takes an hour and a half like, to do my hair. Yeah. Yep. Already, and I have a relaxer, yeah. So it I was mean, Black Girl Hair the Day. Fact, the fact that I could go outside with wet hair, yep. with natural hair, yep. was like a plus. Like, wait, Amen. I don't have to blow dry or sit under the dryer. I'm there. Oh my goodness. I stopped going to the hair salon just because I was like, I don't have three hours to be sitting under this dryer. Who has this time? This is before podcasts were available in a mobile format. I did not have that kind of time. Maybe if I had it now, maybe I would change my mind. But back then I was like, I got stuff to do. I did not have three hours. Or imagine wanting curls or something like putting rollers in your hair. Then it's like an hour and a half. I just know. Well, say, and now like I can, if I wanted to, like I can straighten my hair with like a straightening iron and it will look like just but like it'll just look like I have straight hair you know like it straightens pretty well minus the humidity um but it does take a really long time because it's long and of course it shocks everyone they're like oh my god your hair goes down to your butt this is so shocking how could this happen and I'm like because it curls and shrinkage like, I don't understand but I do not put any heat on my hair at all now like it's been years like yeah. I just refuse I was literally like in a wedding and the girl wanted me to straighten my hair and I was like nah fam I'll wear a wig because I don't like Heat doesn't touch this mane. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think there's, like, so much... There's so much freedom in being able to say that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I I went from, like, maybe doing, like, once a year to just not. So it's been about three years since I've actually um, straightened my hair. So I might, like, occasionally blow-dry it um, in the winter time. But other than that, I have not straightened my hair in almost like two years, and that was that was one of the the pluses for me of of going natural. Um, I really like the idea of having that flexibility of if I want to wear it curly, I could, or if I wanted to change it up and wear it straight, I could do that as well. Yeah. So what are some of your favorite protective styles at the moment? Because I'm horrible at protective styles. And my idea of protection is when I lay down, like I lift my hair like up and then I lay down and hope that I won't move a lot so that I can just rewear it the next day. (laughs) I'm not kidding, unfortunately. She's mentioned this more than once. You do. And let me, okay. I'm going to interject because your CrossFit pictures on Facebook give me life. And I probably never tell you that because, like, you probably already know. I feel like we talked about this in one of the groups we're in about how bad I am at, like, public, (laughs) like, uh, like being publicly and, like, telling people they're awesome. But I'm telling on a podcast for the whole world is that Tamara is out here lifting weights, and that's my favorite. I love lifting and seeing black women lift weights. And so seeing you get so into CrossFit makes me so happy. So, oh I so love your yeah, little I, posts. I really appreciate that because it's not, you know, this black women, when it comes to, it, it seems like everything, right? Like, right. Did working you... out, taking care of ourselves, making ourselves a priority, like running things, like um, we're, we're seeing more of that in general. 
Um, but I think it's mostly because of social media and we're exposing mm-hmm. each other to all of these different things. And I remember you were saying on the podcast that you, you like to lift and stuff like oh, that. Oh, it's my jam. Um, and I, so I, funny thing is I got into it. I was actually, I started and then I found out I was pregnant with my, my second son. And the gym that I was going to, they were like, no, you can, you know, you can keep doing it and stuff like that. It'll be okay. Um, so I continued. I was, I was still crossfitting up into like 38 weeks pregnant with my youngest son. Um, and it just, it gave me, it like literally gave me so much life. Um, so I'm going on like almost four years on my CrossFit journey. That's awesome. And thank you. It's like one of those things... Um, being, you know, being an entrepreneur, you have so many things going on in your head at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really hard to shut that off. And CrossFit is one of the few places where I can go and mm-hmm. I can just literally just be present. Um, and it challenges me in a way mentally and emotionally that um, I'm not really challenged in, in any other area because I can look at the workout and think to myself, uh-uh, nope, mm-hmm. nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do that. And then I beast the workout. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I just did that. Like, for real, beast mode and just such a, a confidence boost. And I'm so I'm seeing I'm, I'm seeing myself do things that I didn't think that I would be able to do physically and mentally and emotionally. And I'm also seeing my body and a different way um like y'all I, I look really good she does so, yes, she looks so I good love it. so um, i love it which is, is definitely a challenge especially you know having after you have the first kid you kind of like you kind of just bounce back really fast and then the second baby you're like oh my god what is going on mm. are there still apps in there like, <laughs> You carry two human beings in that that womb, like you, you yeah. So what are some yeah. like? Uh, Cause I know we, we, I've been like praising you, but I do want people to know what you're doing for your hair while you work out. Cause I don't, I don't be knowing what I'm doing. So I want somebody to to, to learn some stuff. <laughs> so um, I do. Well, I do a lot of like twisted styles, like twisted updos and stuff like that, or twisted buns. So what I've been doing recently is I'll do maybe about seven flat twists and then um just put them in in like a low bun with a ponytail holder while they dry and i'll probably wear my hair like that for about a week so it gives me the opportunity um to protect the style and also to take care of my scalp especially as it's getting um cooler Mm -hmm. i definitely have dry scalp and then on the weekends that's when i let it all hang out so i'll um, undo the flat twist and um, wear like a twist out on weekends and stuff like that and I'll do that maybe like once a week or um I also it it took me years to master my wash and go um and it's a combination of just making sure that I have a really nice layered cut so my hair doesn't look like a huge helmet it actually (laughs) has like some movement to it and just the main challenge with that is finding a good stylist that knows how to deal with type four hair and actually knows how to cut it um, without chopping off all your hair. (laughs) 
Um, and the best way to do that is definitely just kind of like talking to people. And I, one of the most annoying things that I have found about natural hair is usually I have to educate my stylist on how to style my right. hair. Um, because like I said, everybody's hair is different, different. So, um, if you're trying to just kind of do a wash and go with my hair, you're going to have to use a moisturizing gel, like use curling creams and stuff like that. No, baby. No, that's, mm. that's not going to do nothing for these curls. So, um, sometimes I actually have to bring my product in and you know, you just have to kind of be tough and stay on your ground because sometimes it kind of talk to your stylist as well because you some stylists do get offended when you do things like that so um i do kind of try to keep the lines of communication open in regards to that and talk to them about the products and see if they're comfortable with me bringing my own stuff in for the wash and go but as i was saying so wash and go is also one of my styles and it's not really a wash and go is kind of like a wash and stay <laughs> so I'll shampoo and um, finger um, finger style like the gel right now I'm loving there's quite a few but right now I'm really loving um, what's it Maine's choice Main choice their gel is it's like a purple jar with a black top and it's like it's, it's at Target and Sally's and you get like a nice size amount of gel and it's moisturizing and it's like less than twelve dollars so it's definitely a win and um i'll probably like do that in the morning so it can air dry while i'm inside um, because i'm in georgia and humidity so yeah so making sure it's dry and i i'll take like a satin scarf and they call it pineapple but you just flip your head over and just um run the scarf up into um, a high ponytail Mm -hmm. and then i'll wrap another scarf around that and in the morning just take that off and the 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 hair fall um and my hair usually usually i can get three to four days out of my wash and go with doing like the pineapple and um I also, uh, in the wintertime, I might blow dry, so I probably blow dry my hair maybe quarterly, if that, and I'll do, like, a, a cute goddess braid, um, and a, another option, too, especially this works really well when you're, you're busy and you're working out, uh, but doing, like, maybe a goddess braid while your hair is wet um so i might shampoo my hair and just go ahead and part it down the center while i'm still in the shower and work um just in um halves on my head so shampooing and conditioning just uh, each half of my hair and then when i get out of the shower i can basically just twist or braid and then pin it up in the back and i'm done and you can basically get that done in like 20 to 45 minutes depending how um how long it takes you to shampoo and condition your hair and that style definitely it pretty much works on any um length of hair as long as you can twist it and then pin it under um you can do that hairstyle and i think it looks very elegant as well as it's very um efficient too 
and you can dress it up with like you know um different hair accessories and stuff like that i just googled this y'all because <laughs> i was like what is this Tamara, Tamara, i'm coming <laughs> when i come to atlanta we we're gonna have a conversation about this because you know <laughs> She just said that like it was. Yeah, uh, anyway, we're gonna move on. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm googling it too. Because I do. I just um, pulled it up on your site. Hair, oh, do, like, I see that. Stories, yeah. So you can be, um, this girl said, if you just part it in the shower and you know what you're doing, what is it? Um, y'all. You have to know how. Yeah. Y'all, know how I don't it. know what I'm doing. I just I got the same twist out from whenever I went to New York. When was that? Two weeks ago. Let's move so on. Like I'm gonna keep it forever. <laughs> it's gonna stay here until I wash and go, <laughs> or or wash and stay, because that's real. That's that's true. Yeah. Wash and stay. Um. <laughs> so, what are a few things that our listeners can do today to just have like healthier natural hair? Like not necessarily anything to do with styling or anything, but just like to make it healthier. Yeah. Um. Drink water, because you definitely want to moisturize from the inside out. Um, this is, so this the second step, and this is something that most of us uh, miss, but using um, a, a clarifying shampoo, at least quarterly, because regardless of um, how well you shampoo and condition, eventually those products are going to build up on your scalp and your hair, and you need to basically start from scratch by using the clarifying shampoo have you ever like experienced where all of a sudden like your products just don't work for you anymore Mm -hmm. yes yeah that's usually that's usually your sign that you need to use a clarifying shampoo Okay. Look at so, that. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes a I lot mean, of sense. I'm like, that's just logic, but we don't. I don't know. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'll do that. Let's do it. <laughs> Put a date on the calendar and make it a quarterly situation. What kind of clar- clarifying shampoo is your favorite? I really like uh, Kinky Curly's Come Clean. Okay. Um, mm. And it smells really great. It, it has like a citrus smell, and it's one of those. It's one of those shampoos that, although it's a clarifying shampoo, clarifying shampoos can be kind of drying to mm-hmm. your hair. Um, your hair actually feels soft after you um, after you shampoo with it. And then they, what is Weedot? Weedot has their super fruit clarifying. I think it's, they call it clarifying cream. And Okay, y'all, let me tell you. Um, so this shampoo is about $30 um, per bottle. I think it's about eight ounces. So um, it's expensive, but I guarantee that you would get your money's worth from it. Your hair will be so soft. Um, like, it's a clarifying shampoo, and you really don't, you could, you could skip the conditioner. I don't recommend that, but it leaves your house, your hair so soft and so clean that you could, if you wanted to, skip the conditioner. And that in itself is a miracle. Look, I can never mm, skip the look conditioner. Look at that. I'm like, what options? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to put links to these in the show notes, guys. Don't worry. I'm not going to let you try to refigure this out. We'll, we'll make it easy for you. <laughs> and then, so I, I actually have five... Uh, for people so we did drink water use a clarifying shampoo third is deep condition at least monthly 
And pay attention to your hair. Hair. If your hair is like snap, crackle, and pop, you need to deep condition. Mm-hmm. And usually that happens um, in the winter time. It, it can also happen in the summertime, especially if you're in like extreme heat. Like I lived in Vegas for two years, so I would basically have to deep condition almost weekly in the summertime because they have three digit weather. Mm-hmm. So hot. Um, mm-hmm. Get your trims. Um, a lot of times, what happens with your hair, regardless of how well you take care of it, your hair splits naturally. Um, you have to think about, you know, like your fingernails. Like regardless of what you're doing, how well you take care of them, you file them. Like sometimes your nails just break. Mm-hmm. Your hair is the exact same way. Um, so you do need to get those trims because if you don't where those splits occur naturally, it'll just split, continue to split along the the length of your hair shaft. And that's how you start seeing like um, mid hair shaft breakage and stuff like that because you're not keeping up with your trends. So I do recommend uh, keeping that on a schedule. Um, I definitely try to do mine every three months or so. Um, that's and that's usually like the only time I go to the beauty shop because I know that I'm going to get a good trim um, for my hair. And also, people always ask me like how often they should moisturize, and there is no there is no right answer to that. Like you just moisturize when needed. Um, it's it's funny to me because it's like when it comes to like drinking water or even putting lotion on your body you don't nobody really asks how often do i need to use lotion like you know like when you're ashy like put some lotion yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> <It's true. laughs> so your i your hair shouldn't be any differently so just um moisturize your hair as you need it if it feels dry just moisturize look at that <laughs> look at those easy five tips you guys just simple simple things that you can be doing to live a healthier I think it's for everybody, though. I think every person's hair, these are all good things that yeah. every human, no matter what type of hair yeah, you have. no matter your hair type, absolutely. Right, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, my hair, especially if you have texture hair, it, it does have some additional needs, but the basic needs for your hair are pretty general. Yep, I totally agree. So if we're moving and we're looking, all of us are looking into 2018 and having goals and things that we can do to make our 2018 better. What are some things that you're planning on doing for yourself? And and just talk to us about what we should look forward to from you in the future. I really love this question. I'm all about like smashing goals. So I really like to talk about the things that I've accomplished as far as like my goals and um, what I'm looking to accomplish. So in uh, 2017, um, I decided that I was going to make my myself a priority. I put myself at the top of my to-do list. And in doing that, before I was like, okay, I'm going to work out three times a week. And it was like, wh- whenever I could fit it in. But this year, I was more intentional about making sure that I worked out on um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I had set time. So regardless of what was going on, I knew that I was going to be working out, so um, I did that, like, in the year's almost up, so I basically did that all year, and I saw the results that I wanted as far as, like, how I want to look in and out of my clothes.
goals and how I want to feel emotionally and mentally. So I do plan on continuing that in 2018. Um, I'm thinking about adding an extra day. Um, so we'll see, cause, or maybe switching it up by, by having like maybe yoga weekly. Cause like, I do like low key want to be like a Instagram yogi. You should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> the answer is always yes. Don't ask me if you want to be Instagram yogi because the answer is always going to be yes. <laughs> so yeah. So physical health was definitely a priority. Mental and emotional health. Um, I started seeing a therapist in uh, 2016. It was one of the best decisions I've made for my life thus far. Um, I continue to do that. I'm going to continue to do that in 2018. And I hope that I can continue to encourage other women to um, make their their physical and mental and emotional health um, a priority as well. Like that's very important to me. Um, I did also add meditation into my, my routine with, um, I'm, I always journal, so, um, but I added meditation in addition to that, um, and that's been amazing, because like I said, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's so hard to clear your mind, like, it mm-hmm. really takes, like, discipline to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And, it does. Um, yeah, um, meditation is definitely where it's at, so, and I, it's so funny to me, because, like, you know, some of your more successful people, they talk about this stuff. It's like, okay, whatever, whatever. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> but just the the practice of making time, it's, it's hard, but it's so beneficial to you on a micro and macro level of your life. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I totally agree. I think... Um women of color specifically we've been we're so pushed and we, we are so headstrong and being so just going 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 non-stop and so we a lot of times especially as mothers or, we, or just wives or in people in long-term relationships you put yourself on the back burner a lot and I think from you seeing that you've made these goals in 2017 and stuck to them and now that you're in a place where you can empower other people to put themselves forward I think that's amazing I think it's also just, like, great to be in a place of, like, I'm going to build on the goals I've already made because they work so well. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, the yeah. ideal, like, goal to make for a year. Because, like, you don't want to be making, like, the same exact goal every year or, like, making, like, something completely different because it didn't work out. Like, when you say, like, right. this really worked out and now I'm just going to build on it. Like, that's, like, the perfect place to be in as far as goal setting. Thank you, Angelica and Charisma, for that. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but that is definitely a good place to be in. And I think before before this year, I I did find myself um, very frustrated because I was one of those people that I was kind of like scrapping goals because I'm like, okay, that didn't work, or I didn't. I I don't really feel like until recently I really understood how to effectively goal set. Um, I would have like these great big things that I want to do, but I didn't know how to break them down into actionable tasks and then give them specific um, due dates mm-hmm. where I could actually um, 
actually do those actionable tasks. And um, with with um, growing my business, I learned how to do that with business. And then that was a business skill that I didn't have then have to translate into a life skill. Um, so 2017 was really about taking all of those um, lessons that I learned in regards to um, setting goals and objectives, obtaining them, and um, developing and enhancing them, and then translating them into more personal things. So thank you so much for um, making that observation and saying that. So, Well, I feel ready to get out my planner and write a whole bunch of things because I'm all inspired. <laughs> <laughs> and let me know, too, because... Um, I definitely like to follow up with people and hold them accountable and just kind of yes. encourage them. And oh, please do. Please add. Like, you can go to my friends list. Look, yes. look her up. Add her and make her actually, accountable when because you you're talking, terrible. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, I already follow her on Instagram, but when you were telling me about the, like, uh, the selfies and stuff for CrossFit, I literally like added her as a friend. I tried to add her as okay, a friend. Okay, so camera because, because she don't like, listen to me. I just want to see how fine she is. I while need I go to the you gym, basically to get like, in her inbox and say you said you were going to do this. I've been yeah. listening. You need to be the person to hold her account because we can't. I can't do it. The people listening cannot do it anymore. No. So it's up to Tamra no. <laughs> to hold you to go outside. <laughs> I know it's just so hot out there. It's not hot right now. Go outside. I know. It's not hot now. And you know what? Literally, the second it stops being hot, I get sick now. I'm like, what is this? But I have been going outside because I'm just like, whatever. Like, I'm not going to, like, because I'm not sick sick. I just can't speak properly. I'm, but I'm, I feel great. So it's right. fine. I'm going to watch this. I'll be watching in the corner. Yeah, I know. I'm going to move up north and then I'll go outside. Like, I work out inside. But I don't go outside because I hate the the weather. But I'm literally, like, trying to plan to move up north so that I can actually go outside. <laughs> or travel more. I do. I Yeah, I travel a lot. But it's not enough because well, it's for, Florida. Are, is it traveling for work or are you just traveling? For... I travel for fun. Okay. Yeah, okay. I travel a lot, actually, and mostly for fun. Um, occasionally, I get, you know, I'll throw a little work in there, but it's mostly for fun. But I just... I can't stand the heat here. So, like, literally, I told my husband, I'm like, I am not trying to resign our lease. So, get your life because yeah, I'm going up north. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just like, you join me when you're ready. Yeah. I'm literally at that <laughs> join point. Me when I'm like, ready. listen, boy, I love you, but I'm We're going to talk north, to him tonight. So, oh, it's you, fine. you can come and join me when you are ready, but I'm leaving. Bye. We'll, we'll talk so. to him about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to put your foot down. Exactly. Girl, I understand. Me and my husband, we actually made uh, 12 years uh, last month. Same. So I, I yeah, I th- did we just all, like, get yeah, together Yeah, actually, the same time, I, we probably. made, yeah, we made 12 years this month um, on October 7th. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. congrats to you. All and of then, us. Shout out to 12 years. Well, yeah. we all were just hanging yeah. out in 2005, just, like, living Yeah, 2005. Lives. That was the year. <laughs> and then we just made eight years of marriage. So I'm like, listen, you've had your way for a long time. We've been in Florida the whole time. Now I get 12 years of having winter. <laughs> 12 years? <laughs> 12 years of winter? I, my parents retired before it, and I'm just like, why? I don't even, I don't know how your parents, are, were your parents originally from Atlanta, or like the Atlanta area, Georgia area? No, in, my, no? Uh, my parents are actually from Houston, Texas. Yeah, okay. From, but still, even oh, Houston, like okay. Houston, places that have really large uh, I don't want to be like a really large black metro areas. It's so crazy to me 
that people retire and they come to like Florida. I mean, obviously they probably go to places that are, but I know people come to like where we live, and I'm like, it's it's real. How do you There's go for not a- enough black people here? Angelica's trying to say we have it's a true. low amount. It's us. It hurts in me. our neighborhood where we live. It's just us. It hurts. That's me. it. I'm affected. Us and David go. and your child, and that's mm-hmm. it. And I'm only half, so it's like it's really not enough at all. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Well, thank you so thank much you for, for talking to us today. We had a great time. Putting up with our foolishness. Yes, and, and my voice. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun, and I knew it would be from um, a previous episode. That's I love you guys' chemistry and how you can just kind of riff over off of each other. Like, it's just a real good, like, effortless flow in the, the conversation Oof, you said it because we don't make any effort <laughs> she said it we make no and I mean you said it's a compliment but I'm like you are so right because we uh, don't make an effort so I'm glad that's a positive we show it up <laughs> <laughs> well I love Maybe to hear that yeah no for real yeah yeah definitely no for real we can hang out i know well yes. christmas never like actually had a, a like day life in atlanta like she's never really yeah G-O-N-E. i'm supposed to be going to atl soon so, so maybe we'll, we'll definitely just have make a trip to out of it. hang out and grab coffee and stuff and you guys can show me show me what it's like to live in a city of black excellence because i have not experienced it because that's my life that's, I'm trying. I'm, to, I'm like having. I'm trying to I learn. think uh, homesickness because now it's been. A, it'll be a year next month, and I'm like, I miss, since you visited. Yeah, I'm like, Dang, I miss. That's my a long home. time since you visited. That's ridiculous. and then there was a girl in New York that had an Outcast shirt from '92, y'all, and I miss. I was like, oh. I miss home right now. I just miss the the stuff. Oh, I, that. Yeah, I'm coming. I'll I'll make my way. I don't. I won't tell anybody in my family, but I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love. Thank you.